Or it could just be your a normal That's, person mouth noise. Or just no. mixing macaroni. No. No. <laughs> That's rotten orc flesh mashing together. Well, you have a twisted mind, sir. Uh, I'm not the one making the rotten orc flesh noise. Seems like you're the twisted one. <laughs> It's two beautiful boy mouths. It's <laughs> yeah, but they're disembodied from the boy, and they're being mashed together as a pile of boy mouth flesh. <laughs> boy mouth flesh. chair it's the tv boys this is the show where we the boys we talk about tv uh each week we we pick <laughs> someone who uh, makes great tv or makes tv great or both as the case usually is and we tell you all about them before we tell you who that person is though i'd like to tell you who your three hosts are i'm izzy who else i'm we got thomas here? and i'm johnny i cut you off my bad no that was perfect <laughs> it flowed I was good. Who are we talking about this week, boys? This week, we're talking about the one and only Amy Poehler. Nice. Uh, I, I don't know what she's most famous for for everyone. I feel like for me, it's definitely Parks and Rec. Uh, but speaking of what she's most famous for, either of you got her IMDb top four? Uh, Amy Poehler's IMDb, IMDb top four. Uh, they are Inside Out. Baby Mama, Parks and Recreation, and Saturday Night Live. Okay. I feel like, you know, IMDb is always a little biased toward the movies. So I feel like that's fair. But definitely, definitely, I would have put Parks and Rec and SNL first, I think. Uh, but those are those are all, all, all solid things. Should we, should we launch our own website called the ITVDB? <laughs> the international tv database no the tvbdb the tv boys database <laughs> okay right, so yeah it should either be that okay. or just itmbd because like i don't feel like we need the if we're if if t and v both stand for television but every other letter is, gets a whole word is imdb weird. like international media database movie. Actually, international movie database. movie database okay yeah. So that makes sense why they put the movies first. Yeah. Um, I did not know she was in Inside Out when I saw it initially. Yeah. Did, until like a year later, I found out it was her. Uh, yeah. Did uh, I think you told me last night, was it Joy? Does she voice the the emotion Joy? She does voice Joy. I also do want to clarify, it's it's not international. I don't know. It's we, not? We all said that, but it's yeah. definitely internet. 
internet. What? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I've been saying what? I've been doing this wrong for so years. So it's the internet movie database. And also internet. I said it would be weird to have TV internet. in there, but they have DB. And that's one word also for database. Mm. So we. They're messing up. You know what? I feel like IMDB has us tilted. Television <laughs> was two words initially. Like it was tele-vision. Right. Like super color vision. That's why you get the the, the dots when the, in the abbreviation. I don't know. Let's move on. Anyway, yeah. And Back we to will we will mention all of the things that we just said. But first, let's tell you a little bit about Amy Poehler herself. You got uh, some early life facts. Amy Poehler was born in Newton, Massachusetts, to high school teachers Eileen and William Poehler. When she was 10 years old, Amy Poehler played Dorothy in her school's production of The Wizard of Oz. This experience uh inspired amy poehler's love of performing and she continued acting in her school plays at burlington high school um side note she lived in burlington massachusetts and i live in burlington kentucky oh my what? gosh they're gonna find you now i know <laughs> it's a based on a based on a. <laughs> <laughs> no i don't think it is but uh uh, after graduating high school in 1989, she enrolled in Boston College. During college, Amy Poehler uh, became a member of the improv comedy troupe My Mother's Flea Bag. She graduated from Boston College with a bachelor's degree in media and communications in 1993. Poehler's time studying improv in college inspired her to pursue comedy professionally. After graduating college, she moved to Chicago, where she took her first improv class taught by uh charna halpern at a improv olympic through improv olympic polar learned from del close and she was introduced to friend and frequent collaborator tina fey um i looked into del close because i'd never heard of this person before um he was actually a legendary acting coach who coached many of the best-known comedians and comic actors of the late 20th century including really? Yeah, listen to this list, including Dan Aykroyd, James and John Belushi, John Candy, Stephen Colbert, Brian Doyle Murray, Rachel Dratch, uh, Chris Farley, Tina Fey, John Favreau, what the Bill Murray, Mike Myers, Bob Odenkirk, Gilda Radner, <laughs> Andy uh, Richter. Uh, and Vince Vaughn. Those are just the names I knew. There was like what a what the heck? So is Del Close like actually the funniest person to ever live? Yeah. So Cause, like, because this is a list of all the funny people. <laughs> yeah. And he coached them all. Like, do we have Del Close to thank for SNL? Because like that was a lot of like original SNL cast members. Um. Wow. Yeah. So I thought that was super cool. I never heard of him before. Um. I believe he died in 1999. Um. But yeah. John Favreau. Wow. But yeah, that uh that brings that brings me to the end of uh the yeah. early life or yeah. that all the the most interesting bits that I could find. Well, in that case, let's get into her work. Uh I think that one of the first things she was in, uh, I believe is also a comedy troupe, but this was the Upright Citizens Brigade, which had a show on Comedy Central. So I saw some clips on YouTube, and I will say this. You know, we don't know a ton about it, so I can't tell you a ton about the Upright Citizens Brigade. But I can tell you, everyone in it, I have seen in more recent stuff uh, doing amazing performances and being very funny. I know that Matt Walsh is in there. Yep. Ian Roberts. Uh, I believe Rachel Dratch was in a sketch I saw, if I'm not getting too confused here. Just like... 
everyone in it seemed to be really successful. What I really wanted to find but could not is this show was actually revived in spirit, I guess, as the UCB show on CISO in 2015. But I could like I can find the original 90s and 2000s show on YouTube, but I I couldn't find the CISO adaptation, which is uh, uh, is CISO defunct? Yes, it Did is. They, okay, I thought so. Uh, but I'm still sure that that was very good. I've seen yeah. some great stuff on CISO. Yeah, no, I have. But too. now, struggling to find it. Hmm. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't find much. Um, in regards to Upright Citizens Brigade, I'm sure it's very funny. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Yeah, I, I, I mean, they're great on SNL, and they got great chemistry. So it's it's pretty fun. It is. Uh, I don't know. It gave me similar vibes to SNL as far mm-hmm. as just a sketch show. It, it, I think that they bill Upright Citizens Brigade more so as an improv show. Um, but obviously there's clearly some pre-work done here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like a live audience sketch comedy. Nice. Pretty fun. I, I mean, I'd recommend it. Um, and I know, like you said, we mentioned it before with in the Tina Fey episode that just got some some legends in there. For sure. From 2000 to 2001, uh, Polar was in Undeclared on Fox, which you can watch on Amazon Prime. Um, Undeclared is an American sitcom created by Judd Apatow, um, who is also the creator of Freaks and Geeks. And um, many, many other things. Yeah, like Not, we've, we've uh, mentioned him, I feel like, in like half of the virgin, episodes probably. we've done. Yeah, right. Uh, it aired on Fox during the 2001 to 2002 season. Uh, the show has developed a cult following, and in 2012, Entertainment Weekly listed it as number 16 in the 25 best cult TV shows from the past 25 years. Wow. Um, so, I mean, I, if, if that's not an accolade, I don't know what is. Um, I feel like half of the stuff I enjoy is considered cult classics. Right. Am I, yeah. I'm, am sure. I a hipster because of that? I, I mean, they're cult no. classics for a reason, you just, right? You just <laughs> yeah, got to because got a good taste. It's because people t- took a second look and were like, "Wow, there's actual art here," whether that be you know funny or or sad or whatever it is. I assume in this case, funny. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that has a connotation, or not connotation, it is typically lower budget things that just end up having excellent art in them. Right. Um, the half hour comedy was Judd Apatow's follow up to an earlier television series that I loved uh, called Freaks and Geeks, uh, which also lasted for one season. Undeclared centers on a group of college freshmen at the fictional University of Northeastern California. Unlike Freaks and Geeks, it is set in the early 2000s. Um, Freaks and Geeks was in the 70s? Yeah, I think that... Like, into the 80s, yeah. right? Like, late 70s? That's when the story took place. That's not when it aired, of right. course. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I don't know how I said that, but yeah, I meant, air, like, the story no, was based yeah, in. Um, so, I wrote this next part. I guess I didn't realize that when it said, like, a follow-up series, this is... So, this came out a year like this was his next project is that is that what it means because like it does also feel the show also feels like a spiritual successor to freaks and geeks like it kind of has the same chemistry with the characters like it it very much felt like a season two of freaks and geeks with like whole new characters yeah i think it was a by follow-up i think they meant like it's that same style yeah different characters different situation but like the same 
Yeah. You're, if you liked Freaks and Geeks, you'll like this. It's the same creator, same style. And I, I 100% agree with it. I've seen uh, Freaks and Geeks multiple, multiple times, and uh, Undeclared is great. Um, and it also has Seth Rogen as one of the main characters. And it feels like Seth Rogen is playing the same character from Freaks and Geeks. Um, and I love it. It's uh, it's really good. But I think it's crazy that both of those are like cult TV shows and they both had one season. Yeah, it's definitely because if it had been set some like ambiguously in the 80s, it would have felt more directly like, oh, this is a sequel. This is in the same universe. But the fact that it's set in the 2000s but has that similar feel, I feel like, is why you can't immediately call it a sequel. Yeah. And maybe that's why they're using the term follow-up because it's like, how do you term that? Yeah. Um, it sounds yeah. very, I mean, guys, I would very highly cool. recommend it. Like I, have seen it. I've watched it all. Like I watched the whole series years ago and I just rewatched, uh, the, at least the pilot episode, um, earlier today. And yeah, it's great. Um, it has Jay Barshul. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, but I know him from man seeking woman, which was a show on comedy central. And he's also the voice of, of I, th- I think it's Hiccup, the main character in How to Train Your Dragon. Um, he's just he's uh, he's been kind of kind of uh, typecast as like just like the skinny nerdy co- nerdy kid, uh, which is what he is in um, in Undeclared. Uh, but I really like him, and it also has Charlie Hunnam, Jason Segel, of course Amy Poehler, uh, along with uh, Kevin Hart and Busy Phillips in smaller roles. And uh, Busy Phillips, of course, was also a main character in Freaks, Freaks and Geeks. So, a lot of... Uh, so was Jason Segal, wasn't he? Oh, he was, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, so was yeah. Seth Rogen. So, like, yeah. he carried over a, a good chunk of that original yeah. cast. Yeah, so it's uh, it's really cool. I know a lot of people have seen Freaks and Geeks, and um, if you haven't seen Undeclared, um, you got a treat ahead of you because I think it's great. Um, you can watch it on Amazon Prime. I think you might have already said that. Um, at least the pilot is on YouTube if you don't have Amazon Prime and want to check it out. Nice. I'm I'm looking forward to it. No, I Fre- really. Freaking Geeks was a good time. I think you'll really like it, and I really like Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, I uh, I've been. It's a uh, it's a young Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, I've been uh, tossing around the idea of bringing up to you guys that we should do an episode on Charlie Hunnam, mainly so I, I can to. justify a rewatch of uh, of that. Uh, I'm losing the name now. The motorcycle show. Uh, Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy. Anarchy. As well as Green Street <clears throat> Hooligans. I just wanna... Oh, dude. Yeah, no. We, we do need to do a Charlie Hunnam <laughs> episode. He's been in some cool stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I'm definitely going to check that out because I was a big fan of Freaks and Geeks. You're the person who showed me Freaks and Geeks. That's yeah. why I assumed that like you had already seen I Declared and loved it. I didn't know um, it was the same guy. I didn't know it was like part, like a good chunk of the original cast. Like, yeah, no, had it, I known that, I've heard of the name and I think I've seen like the press kit or whatever for it when it yeah. came out. But like, I have not. Yeah, I mean, not it's, seen I, it. I feel like it's just Judd Apatow. Uh, not being able to make a season two of Freaks and Geeks. So he just made this show, which is like what he wanted to do with season two. Yeah. Because like it's uh, undeclared is about a kid who um, is going to college and he's undeclared and it's his first year. And I think Freaks and Geeks, they were seniors. So this is like a, a you know, a kid in his first year of uh, college and it's great. Yeah. As we swiftly move forward into what is probably for some Amy Poehler's biggest credit. Of course. Yeah, I think definitely the widest spread. I, I feel would, like yeah, 
And, yeah. that, and of course, we're talking about Saturday, Saturday Night, Night Live. Live. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we should have said we Live from said New York and Saturday New- Night. Right, but... <laughs> But it's, uh, it's we did our own spin on it here <laughs> on the TV boys. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, if you didn't know this, because it it makes sense, I just hadn't like thought about it. You can watch all, like all, I believe all, if not you know nearly all, of SNL on Paramount Plus. Nice. Like they, you know, I, I enjoy catching it week of. I feel like sometimes you know you watch it on Hulu on Sunday afternoon or whatever. And and that's well and all well and good. I'm glad it's there. But if you want to just go back and watch a season from ten years ago, twenty years ago, it's all on Paramount Plus. Nice. Uh, I I just want to like jump in here and say, on Hulu, of course, you can see like the new episodes within the same week of Sat- of Saturday Night Live. Um, but when you go to their seasons, they have season like thirty five through 46 which is like the season that's airing now and season like one through eight and for huh. some reason there's like a 20 <laughs> season gap Weird. in the middle i don't know where that comes from but uh it sounds like you can access more on paramount plus but um yeah sorry i just thought that was weird because i um was trying to watch that today yeah and in case, in case you didn't know C- cbs all access is Paramount Plus. Yes. So that's what, in case you had, if you already had CBS, you have Paramount. Yeah. We're the old guard. I remember what, I rem- the old days. I remember <laughs> last year. It was I, uh, CBS All Access. Funnily enough, CBS All Access was only CBS All Access for one day for me. I subscribed, <laughs> and the very next day it was like, hey, re-download the app. And all I did was click update right, in the app store, right. and it was now Paramount <laughs> Plus. Funny. <laughs> you're you were the last you're yeah. the last of the old guy i like that i like that um johnny why don't you tell me a little bit more about snl and polar's involvement amy polar joined the cast of saturday night live at the start of the 2001 to 2002 season after tina fey had tried to recruit her for snl for years um that's what it says on Wik- wikipedia i mean I- I feel like most people are really trying to get into SNL. So yeah, if somebody um, asked me to be on SNL, yeah. I would like leap forward. <laughs> you wouldn't have to try more than once. Yeah, uh, Polar made her debut in the first episode produced after the 9/11 attacks. Um, she was promoted from feature player to full cast member in her first season on the show, making her the second cast member and first woman to earn this distinction. You know I who, honestly, you, oh, sorry. You know who the other person was? I don't. The, I, the only other person to, to I, be promoted mid season to full cast member. Andy Sandberg. Eddie Murphy. Really? really? Yeah. Oh my god. Can you gosh. imagine holding a distinction with just you and Eddie Murphy? Wow. Like two of the greats. I Amy Poehler, Eddie Murphy. Like you know, I I started watching SNL yeah. around high school. I didn't even know that happened. I didn't know that ever happened. Like, well, I mean, going when, from when it was player, Eddie Murphy, it was in the '81 well, season. Yeah, but. yeah, of course. But uh, yeah, I thought that, yeah, that's that's super cool. Very cool. Um, 
the SNL premiere of 2008 to 2009 season opened with Tina Fey and Polar as Sarah Palin and Hillary Clinton, uh, respectively, discussing sex, sexism and political ca- campaign. Uh, the sketch, which Polar co-wrote with uh, Seth Meyers, became the biggest viral video of that year. Um, I definitely remember that being uh, very popular in 2008 but me and israel just re-watched that sketch and uh yeah it's funny stuff they are they're really really good with those characters i, I mean didn't um didn't we say that uh tina fey won an emmy for her uh like uh portrayal of um sarah palin sarah palin like, I, I don't that know that for sure <laughs> but i do know that like they were railing on sarah palin and sarah palin saw it and like I don't know much about her politics, but was obviously like thought it was funny, and wanted to go meet her, and like intent like went out of her way to meet uh, to meet Tina Fey. Tina Fey. So she like <laughs> went out of her way to meet her because of that clip. Yeah. yeah. No, she, but she absolutely Tina Fey absolutely did. One of her many Emmys was for her portrayal of Sarah Palin. Yeah, I mean, um, oh, I think we, uh, I probably forgot to put it in the outline, but I just want to say, you know, that's all we have like written down for um, Amy Poehler on SNL, but me and Israel watched like a 10 video um, playlist of the best of Amy Poehler on YouTube. Um, I will say like her sketch comedy is so funny and she just 100% commits to her characters and yeah. I just I love that. And it's just like over the top commitment to this these absurd characters. And it just makes it so much more funny. Um, one of the first things she was in was actually uh, Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Uh, me and Israel watched uh, some of the videos last night. But she plays Andy Richter's um, younger sister, Stacy. And basically the bit is like she, she's in the crowd, like talking to them right. as andy's little sister and like, she's got like some pretty pretty <laughs> extensive like headgear braces situation going on <laughs> and it, so, go on, go like on. affecting her speech you know a bit it would seem or maybe she was putting on that voice i don't know how the process works but she's stacy stacy richter is obsessed with conan like thinks that they're soulmates once and you know conan keeps trying to politely decline yeah. her advances and she generally ramps up into like just the like an insane funny tirade just using the most lavish adjectives like to a describe dictator's her, speech like, yeah, or something like her hate, i believe there's something about you know a uh, an army rising in the remains of her broken heart and they're going to beat the drums of conquest using Conan's bones. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Just, just create like all of a sudden it just ramps not to 11, but to like 1100. (laughs) And then of course she goes back to just like, Oh, I'm just little Stacy. Uh, I just want to just have a crush on Conan. Like, yeah, those videos are so funny and I highly recommend uh, anybody who's a fan to to go back and watch those. They're on YouTube. Uh, you just look up like Stacy uh, on Conan. Yeah, but um, definitely fun. But she also, just commits to those roles at, for like, sure. So hard. Like and it'd it's... be fun to look those up. But just like look up like a top ten of her on SNL. Yeah, if you like SNL at all, it's a treat because because like you said, it's that it's not that 
all the cast members aren't great. Not that they don't all commit. Yeah. But there's a level of commitment. <laughs> yeah. Amy Poehler reaches yeah. with her character pieces. She's got like a vein sticking out in her forehead. Right. And that it's speaking, on, talking about beating the bones yeah. of her. Yeah. And quite honestly, so the, the reason we're talking about her today. Yeah. Like yeah. she just takes it to this next level. It's It's a fun time. Yeah, I feel like I just didn't like it seemed like we were spending a very short amount of time on right. SNL and we do have to move on because there's so many other things to talk about. But right, that's uh, you can such talk a shining moment in, in her career. And like, I just sure. I love her so much in, in uh, all those skits. Like, that's absolutely true. I do feel like we we mention SNL briefly often because it's such a big part of many funny people. Yeah. But it, you know, we cannot couldn't overstate how great she is in snl yeah and of so, course became like a uh a, a co-host of the weekend update and i believe yeah, that like was like the first time the, two women yeah, were both tina fey episode yeah. like her and tina fey were like listen to the tina fey yeah, episode too because for, uh, for the other facts because they work together a lot yes yes so i know we've talked about this show before but in 2004 to 2005 Amy Poehler was in Arrested Development, kind of a smaller side role. You know, if you uh, don't remember from the many times we've mentioned it or you've heard of it, Arrested Development is a Fox and then the last two seasons Netflix show. So you can see it all on Netflix. You can see those first three Fox seasons on Hulu. Uh, But Amy Poehler played Job's wife. Um, One of the reasons really that I'm bringing it up is at the time, uh, Amy Poehler was married to Will Arnett, who plays Joe. Yeah. So that was kind of funny. And, then, you know, her short plot was that they got married on a dare and Joe is trying to um, separate from her. But, like, yeah, just, like, I can't remember who she is and stuff. It's pretty <laughs> wacky. Yeah, uh, I remember But it's that. a fun time. And I just, you know, funny that she and her husband at the time got to play husband and wife on a show together. I'm sure that was fun. Yeah. Um, in 2005 and separately in 2014, um, Amy Poehler played or voice Jenda in the Simpsons. And yeah. I had to watch these episodes. So, uh, me and Izzy watched them last night. So these episodes of the Simpsons are, um, <clears throat> they take place in the future. So Bart and Lisa, they get to see the future from the mad scientist or whatever, but, um, Frank, Frank, uh, but Jenda is Bart's future quote unquote hypothetical wife. Um, but I thought it was funny that she plays Jenda in two different episodes that aired almost 10 years apart. So twice they have episodes where they allude to the future and Amy Poehler's agenda both times. Um, these episodes were super funny. Like, I, I laughed out loud multiple times. There were some good jokes in them. But, hey, that's just The Simpsons. But she, I just thought that I'd, I'd mention that because... She, uh, she plays one singular agenda? Yes. Just so like, agenda? <laughs> Class. All right, moving on. In 2008, uh, she was in Baby Mama which is an American romantic comedy film written and directed by Michael McCullers uh, in his directorial debut, uh, starring Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, uh, Greg Kinnear, Dax Shepard, uh, Romany Malko, Mari Tierney, Holland Taylor, 
with Steve Martin and Sigourney Weaver. Um, I've not seen this. I remember watching it. But after hearing that <laughs> cast list, I'm intrigued. Right. And like, not that I thought it was bad. I just never saw it. I I, I am a fan of both Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Um, I definitely watched this. I mean, I don't remember very much about it at all, but I remember thinking it was very funny. Yeah. Um, but speaking of movies, since this is a movie and uh, we try to limit movie exposure on this uh, due to Israel's long arm of the law. He's got real long arms. Um, <laughs> Polar has the rare distinction of being in two movies that opened on the same day in the United States. Mean Girls in 2004 and Envy in 2004, uh, both on April 30th of that year. Well, which is like a, really, like a really niche thing to know. And like, two I mean, I thought it was on cool. the same it is, day. That is, I didn't know that. I wonder how many people there are. Like, cause not only yeah. like filming had to have been like immediately concurrent if they're right. coming out that soon, or they just sat on a movie for like a year for no reason, which typically doesn't happen. But like, I mean, it had to have been she finished one and immediately started the next, and they just so happened to air on the same day. <laughs> on the same day. Yeah, I, I am interested to know like who else shares that distinction. Like, like I'm, I'm sure that's so very, hard to figure it out. It can't be very many people, it right? Can't be. Like, yeah, in movie theaters, two separate movies on the same day. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Amy Poehler was also in The Mighty Bee that was on Nickelodeon. B. Uh, also Nick Tunes, I think technically for its last season, uh, but the mighty B ran from 2008 to 2011. Uh, here's the thing. The title of the show has an exclamation mark. <laughs> That's and why it, Thomas just went. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But if you're trying to find this show on Paramount plus, if you include that exclamation mark, it comes up with, there's no results. Well, that just pisses me off. You have to search for it without the exclamation mark, and then you will see it's all on Paramount+. Plus. So they're saying it's just the Mighty B, not the Mighty B. I'm pretty sure that like even in the episode, like script, once you like click into it, it has... Okay. You just, like, their search bar, their search algorithm doesn't allow for punctuation, I guess. I don't know. I'm submitting a bad Yelp review. Okay. Well, in <laughs> case you didn't know, The Mighty Bee is an animated TV series that was actually created by Amy Poehler, along with Cynthia, Cynthia True, who worked on The Fairly Odd Parents, nice. and Eric Weiss, who worked on SpongeBob. Noise. Um, it's the series centers on Bessie Higginbottom who is voiced by Polar. She's an ambitious honeybee Girl Scout who believes she will become the Mighty Bee, uh, a superhero, if she collects every honeybee badge. Makes sense. Um, she lives in San Francisco. Her single mother, Hillary, and brother, Ben, and dog, Happy, are all cast members as well. Uh, Polar provides, like I said, the voice of Bessie, the, lo- the lead character, and she's actually loosely based on... Cassie McAddison, who Polar played on the Upright Citizens Brigade and Second City. Hmm. Um, so, like a character she had morphed into this idea, I, I guess this idea for, for Bessie Higginbottom on the Mighty Bee. Cool. I haven't seen yeah. any of this, but I, I really want to watch it. That sounds It sounds fun. It's fun. It's honestly, I feel like one of the first of a handful of cartoons that yeah. she's been in. But this one I think is more for all ages where some of the other projects were more oriented for adults. Uh, but this one 
you know, it aired on Nicktoons. It's it's more it's pretty family friendly. It's a fun, you know, I guess analog for Girl Scouts, but also you know the fantasy of becoming a superhero. It's a fun time. Yeah. No. I mean, I like those Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, yeah, Disney Channel cartoons. It's always fun. Well, I think this brings us to the big heavy hitter. Of course. Probably the reason, you know, if you don't know Amy Poehler from SNL, I'll tell you where you do know her from, and that's Parks and Recreation. Parks and Rec, as the fans like to say, the 2009 to 2015 NBC show. You can watch it on Peacock. Do I, I feel like we all know it so well. Does someone else want to just sure. give me a, a rundown of what this is parks and recreation is an american political satire mockumentary sitcom that's a lot of words that is, uh, it is. It, very it, descriptive it's it's not only that it's also a television series <laughs> <laughs> created by greg daniels who developed the office and co-created space force uh and michael Schur, um mose from the office uh we made an episode about him you should go check that out if you haven't already. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the fact that the the guy who developed the the U.S. version of The Office is on this show is just I mean, it's immediately apparent, at, at least to me. It's yeah, that for it, sure. First off, it's the exact same style of show. Yeah. But not only that, just the zaniness of some of the characters yeah. is just yeah. It's definitely one of the funniest sitcoms out there. Very much a classic. I feel like. Some people, I think we mentioned this before on the Michael Schur episode, but some people are a little bit cooler on the first season than the rest of the show. I'm not one of those people. I'm in from the jump. But it does have a little bit of a different feel, and there's a very good reason for that. And it's the reason that a lot of shows, their pilot feels a little bit weirder than the rest of the season. And that's because, you know, these people are working together for the first time. They're fleshing out these characters on camera for the first time, even if they've been working diligently, you know, in preparation. Yeah. But they get to make tweaks and changes moving forward from that. And the first season of Parks and Recs is very short and it was filmed all at once. So all these tweaks and like directions given from you know both the writer's room and the directors and directors and actor to actor those all come between season one and season two whereas in most shows they come between the pilot and or first batch of produced episodes and episode two or second batch yeah so it does they're like it's still totally totally good but i mean there's just like some weird I don't know, like hairstyle changes and clothing style changes for sure. And maybe and some like, body language differences in characters that they would have all been fleshed out from episode one to episode two had it not been filmed all at once. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, like you said, it's all, it's all good and it's all funny, but I think the show hits its stride in season three uh, when they get Rob Lowe and Adam Scott. I think at that point in time, mm, yeah. all of the characters who have already been there know each other well enough and they've already fleshed out their own characters. And then when these guys jump in, I think it just... Uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't even hit its stride. It just like goes upwards right. they and it gets funnier and funnier. fit so well yeah. that, you know, again, we... 
I know we mentioned this in the Michael Schur episode, but it's been so long. You should know again that they were supposed to be temporary characters. Adam Scott and Rob Lowe both were, I think, originally signed on for like four or six episodes. Like it wasn't a ton. (laughs) That's so funny. They fit so well (laughs) that. They change their role. They like the characters end up staying in town after they complete their task yeah. for a reason that had to be written in, which works, but because they work so well, yeah, it's it's really a fantastic group of of actors that work together like wildly, wildly well. Yeah, that's so fun. I mean, I, I don't know if you, I can think of any other TV shows that have done that off the top of my head. Just had two people guest star and then it worked out so well that they stayed for the rest of the entire series. Yeah. One of you, one of you guys had a, had a story that you had found about like just talking about the camaraderie on set. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So I found this, um, in an article online, parks and recreation creator, Michael Shore described a tradition. Amy Poehler started on the set. Anytime the show shot on location, the whole cast and crew would have dinner together. Uh, and Polar would start by dedicating a toast to someone. And the toasting would go on and on until everyone had also been <laughs> toasted themselves. Uh, she's, she would pick out a second AD or a makeup person or a camera operator, sure explained, to the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, it was just the most wonderful way to end a work experience. He named the practice The Polar and continued the tradition later while working on the good place i thought that was so fun awesome and like i don't know that just made me happy because like amy poehler was the star of the show right and she would toast a camera operator or like uh you know a makeup person like i don't know i think that's uh you know a, a really nice and inclusive gesture to make like a really good work environment and i think people thrive under really good work environments and that's probably one of the reasons this show is so funny is because the people like being around each other and of course that helps <laughs> from 2014 to 2015 uh, polar was in welcome to sweden uh which aired on tv4 and nbc uh I don't know about you guys out there, but we could not find any of it anywhere. Nothing. Like other Science than clips. clips. Yeah. yeah I thought, like, yeah, I was really surprised that it was like you, I mean, if I went to some sketchier places, I could probably find full episodes, but from yeah. any like legitimate sources, it was just clips. I couldn't find it. So could you even find it to purchase? Yes. No, I could find okay. it. I could find it to buy for like two ninety nine an episode, but just the fact that it's on NBC, or at least it was in America, but didn't that, but that it's not on Peacock. I, I, I don't understand. That is weird. Well, what is Welcome to Sweden? Welcome to Sweden is an American Swedish sitcom television series created by comedian Greg Polar, brother of the uh, the actor of the evening, Amy Polar. Of course. Oh, that's where I've heard the name before. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, It's about an American accountant who quits his job to move with his girlfriend to her native country of Sweden. Uh, Great choice. I know that this is a TV show plot, but if you ever are in that position, do it. Yeah, I know. I'd move to Sweden in a heartbeat. Yeah. um, 
The series is based on Greg Poehler's own experiences as a former intellectual property lawyer from the United States who moved with his girlfriend to her native country of Sweden in 2006. Yeah. Hey, hey, good so job, he Greg. Just really did it. And it was like, my life's so cool. I love living here in Sweden. Well, like, what, how cool would it be to just make a TV show about how cool my life is? Hey, famous sister. What a freaking cool life. You want to help me out? I love it. And the fact that like I, I told him to do that like decades after he did it. It is also great. Um, an international production featuring both Swedish and American talent, uh, themes, and dialogue. It is the first English language production by TV4. Um, the series also aired in the United States on NBC, which we already covered. Um, I guess I'm so used to just like all the BBC One, BBC Two, that like I yeah. assumed it was like British. Right, me too. And like come to find out that like, oh, it's, it's actually like a Swedish exclusive mm-hmm. TV sh- channel. Um, but that is interesting that uh, Amy Poehler's brother uh, created the first English show to air on TV4. That's <laughs> an interesting bit of uh, uh, trivia. I, I really want to watch this. Me too. Like, I, 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 it has to be very funny. Amy Poehler's very funny. Her blood brother has to probably be funny too if he's on he has a TV to be. show. If I he's honestly, not, she's not funny now. What, yeah. Just sort of <laughs> like, you know, uh, to, to use a... Mabimbam phrase like to to part the kimono here a little bit i usually like make a list of shows and or things our person of the week has been in and then do a little research on each and then try to watch each and this was the one i was most excited to watch not that i think it's better than parks and rec but i've just i've already seen all of parks and rec like five times it's great i already know that i was the most excited to watch this like to to, yeah. to to watch welcome to sweden and i just couldn't find it any like like without, i said without part with, with yeah, some cheddar. without buying it but not even like buying the season like buying it per episode which is just not not the way you want to do things yeah um but it sounds really funny it sounds really cool i i think like like thomas the oppor- mentioned the interesting thing being uh that like one of the first or the first English language show on TV for yeah uh, brought to you by Amy Poehler's brother is just <laughs> it's just like a weird it sounds like a fact in a TV show and not a fact in real life <laughs> it does uh, so if you get to watch it let us know what you think yeah. well We're, i mean for the the low price of uh, $8 a season you can buy both on DVD for 16 bucks so. all right what do I look like? A guy who's made of eight extra dollars? You think here? I have a DVD player? Oh, geez. That's another. Yeah. I mean, right? I've, well, I guess to, I have I've had to track down a way to play a disc. I have an Xbox, I guess. Yeah, no, they all, they're all they all Blu-ray are back. <laughs> well, I can't say all, but I know most Blu-rays are backwards compatible. Hmm. So, like, if an Xbox plays Blu-rays, it, it can do both. Yeah, Does it I'm sure. Blu-rays? I thought just PlayStation did that. I don't my all X- right, we're, I have okay. a Blu-ray player we're on lost top in of the my weeds. Xbox, so I don't remember. <laughs> I don't watch movies. So moving on. Um, we know you. Don't don't watch watch we know you don't watch movies. I have. You some don't have to tell us Blu-ray. again. <laughs> if you guys want to watch any of the first seven original Star Trek movies, I got them on the Blu-ray. Well, it's yeah, man. Worry. I heard. Every other one's good or something like that. Yeah. I've heard the same thing. <laughs> All right. Well, 
around this same time, Amy Poehler was also in The Awesomes, which is a Hulu original, so you can watch it on Hulu. Uh, The Awesomes is an adult animated comedy uh, created by Seth Meyers of of SNL. Uh, Also, Michael Shoemaker, producer for SNL and AP Bio and Late Night with Seth Meyers, so a friend of of Seth, clearly. Uh, Meyers and Shoemaker are the executive producers of The Awesomes as well, along with Lorne Michaels, who you probably know from just generally being TV royalty and also the partial inspiration for Jack Donaghy on 30 Rock. Creator of SNL. Yeah. So uh, this show, The Awesomes, follows a group of superheroes who step in to replace the members of a legendary but disbanding superhero team called the Awesomes. So, like, the Awesomes are disbanding, and then these new superheroes are stepping up. Under new leadership, the Awesomes attempt to put themselves back together in the face of intense media and government skepticism. It sort of, like, reminds me of The Watchmen. Sort of reminds me of The Boys. But... In, like, a wacky animated cartoon comedy yeah. way. Isn't the main character, isn't he, like, Mr. Awesome? Uh, Well, I think the main character, yeah. Because there's, like, but Mr. he's, Perfect. like, the son of, of, of like, the oh, original Awesome. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. He wanted sense. to have, like, a different protege follow him. Okay, yeah. Uh, Amy Poehler is in, I, I believe, nine episodes of The Awesomes, so... Not all of it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she plays a recurring character, clearly. But, I mean, there's only 30 episodes of the show. So she's essentially in what would amount to a full season. But it's, you know, sort of stretched out throughout the show. Um, but it's, you know, it's fun. It's funny. It's got a lot of a lot of good jokes. Like you said, it, it may just not be our personal cup of tea. But it's very cool. I love Seth Meyers. Mm-hmm. Uh Honestly, everything Mike Shoemaker's worked on has also been great. So, it's cool. Yeah. What we got next? Dude, okay. So, I got something to tell you guys about. And I hope Thomas watched it. Uh, I'm disappointed. No, you you so, texted me and were like, we, you need to watch this. I really this, wanted you and to. I didn't. I'm disappointed. I will, but so, I didn't. So, I want to tell you about Wet Hot American Summer. So, Wet Hot American Summer, which was originally a movie, I believe that was released in 2001, and it's just like a teen sex comedy that came out around the same time as American Pie uh, and, you know, those, the other ones. But, Wet Hot American Summer had just a lot of stars that uh, went on to be A-listers. And they also came back for a Netflix TV series, Wet Hot American Summer, First Day of Camp, that uh, came out in 2015. So this is like 14 years after the movie came out, um, where the same actors came back to play their original original roles, but younger versions of themselves than they were in 2001. So they are basically... The late 30 early 40 year olds playing 16 year olds in uh this tv show but let me just give you guys uh some names real quick so you can know who's in this and uh 
Yeah, okay. I'll just uh, uh Elizabeth Banks, H. John Benjamin, Michael Ian Black, Bradley Cooper, Judah Freelander, Paul Rudd, Molly Shannon, Michael Showalter, the creator of himself, um, Jason Schwartzman, Lake Bell, who is on, who we talked about on uh, Children's Hospital, Thomas Barshuda, Chris Pine, John Hamm, Randall Park, Michael Sarah, Kristen Wiig, Jordan Peele, Weird Al Yankovic, <laughs> Bob, uh, Rob Hubel, who was a main cast member in Children's Hospital. Uh, like, the list goes on and on, and they are all incredible. Of course, um, Amy Pollard's in it as well. Um, but at least the first series that's on Netflix is it's just really funny seeing, you know, 30 and 40 year olds playing 16 year olds. And, uh, gosh, I keep in, in a self-aware way. Yeah. Unlike times when you have like 26 year olds playing 16 year olds, but they think they're like getting away with it. Like, no, there's like, there's always kind of a wink towards the audience with like right. whatever they're doing. Um, and it just makes it that much funnier. Um, I will say like, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's raunchy. It's pretty raunchy at times, but it's nowhere near as like raunchy as like, you know, American pie, uh, or some of the other things like that. Like you could watch it with other adults in the room. It's not going to like be super gross or anything. I like the The humor is great. Um, I love Paul Rudd and like, Paul Rudd, his first, his entrance is into that show is riding in on like a Harley and just jumping straight up and the Harley just going out from between his legs and wrecking and just going like, oh, it's a, like, he's just like, <laughs> so cool. Like it's, um, yeah, it's totally over the top and absurd at all times. And I think it's so funny. And of course, Bradley Cooper uh, he's an A-lister. He's he's so funny in it as well, and he was in the movie. Um, I did not get to watch it yet, and I didn't even know it was a thing. Apparently, uh, Wet Hot American Summer, 10 years later, there's a second series on Netflix. Like, it's not season two of this thing. Like, it has a second right. it's thumbnail. Right, list, it's listed separately. Um, but yeah, all those... Everybody comes back, and there's another series um, where it is 10 years later from the movie, and there's still the same actors playing the same roles. It's, uh, it's, it's a great time, and I think specifically, Thomas, you would absolutely love it. It's, it's so funny. Israel, I know, I think you had said that you either looked for it or you had seen it. Have you seen Making It? Yeah, no, actually, I did find making it. So it's it's definitely on Hulu, but when I say it's on Hulu, making it season two huh. is on Hulu. Okay. Season one, you know, you could buy the episodes piecemeal if you want. Um, the show aired on NBC, so why it's not on Peacock, I don't understand. Why just season two is on Hulu, I don't Didn't understand. But... Didn't we just talk about another show that NBC made that like is not available? Well, that made a little more sense to me because it was like a Swedish American production, mm, so maybe yeah. TV4 had the rights, but like NBC just made making it, so I don't 
understand why season one, like if you go to NBC.com, which for some reason has videos like independently of Peacock, it's a mess. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like can, they don't have their shit together. You can see season two, but it won't let you navigate to season one. But if you just Google like NBC.com making it season one, you can get to that page. But when you click on the videos, it says like this video is not available in your region or at this time. I think it says at this time and on Amazon Prime, it says in your region. Hmm. Like, I don't understand. But. Making what, it, what is, is, making it? Is, it's like a re it's, it's a, I mean, game show is not really the right term, right? It's a, it's a reality competition. Okay. Uh, co-hosted by Amy Poehler as herself. She's a host. Yeah. With Nick Offerman. Nice. Who is of course, Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec. They're the hosts of this reality competition series that features craftspeople skilled in different media uh competing to be the quote master maker and win the one hundred thousand dollar season prize each week competitors make two handmade projects a faster craft and a master craft nice okay um, the so winner, it's, like, it's like ink master yeah it, but it's, for like, it's like ink master it's like great british bake-off yeah yeah it, you know, like it, so many it, other things exactly but so uh, Tina or not Tina Fey, uh, Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman. That's awesome. Exactly. And Nick Offerman is like, really, I think I know it was more so Ron Swanson's character, but I think Nick Offerman himself is into this type of stuff. As far as I know from the interviews I've seen, he is a woodworker. Yes, like, absolutely. Stuff. And I believe to an extent, Amy Poehler is, is, is into some of this crafting as well. Nice. Uh, but you know, like, you know, there's a faster craft and a master craft each week, each episode. And they have, like, I believe for the faster craft, they just have three hours to make whatever the challenge is. And the master craft, they have a longer time to make, like, a more elaborate thing. Um, I've watched a, a, a bit of season two uh, because season one is, like, I'm sure it's great. Like, like I love shows key. like that. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's exactly, you know, if you've seen... Ink Master, if you've seen Great British Bake Off, dude, did it? If you've seen these type of things, like it's exactly what you imagine it is. Did you guys watch great. the Lego one? Mm -mm. Oh, I that saw, was like, I saw oh, dude, it. yes, the Lego, the Lego. Will ones. Arnett was one of the hosts. Yes, I loved that. Sorry, I'm not going to go into. that. I mean, that's uh, it's exactly the was type it, of show this is. Yeah, it's yeah. that type of thing. And if you like that, which you know, I do, <laughs> we do. It's it's fun. Nice, it's fun. All right, so that's that's making it. More, even more recently, 2019 to present, Amy Poehler is the co-creator of Russian Doll on Netflix. This is a Netflix original. That's where you can watch it, of course. Have you, have you guys, are you, have you heard of this? I've heard of it. I have not started it. I've, I've like, uh, yeah. I've, I've seen the thumbnail. So it's billed as a comedy drama. I feel like. Maybe the drama is a little harder than the comedy, but I don't know. I guess it's open to interpretation. But it, like I said, created by Amy Poehler along with Leslie Headland and Natasha Leone. Natasha Leone is maybe more well known for her acting. She's, I think, written a few things now, breaking into that. But she. I mean, she was in Origins is, is the New Black. She was in Steven Universe. Uh, but she's also the main character in this show that she co-created uh, as a game developer. 
named Nadia, I believe it's Volvokov. Uh, and she's a game developer who's caught in a time loop as the guest of honor at a seemingly inescapable party at a night in New York City. She she dies repeatedly and then restarts at this like same moment before the party. Hmm. She's cool. trying to figure out what's happening to her. And she also meets a man, Alan Zaveri, who's played by Charlie Barnett, who... You might have seen in Chicago Fire or Chicago PD, if you weren't aware, those shows share a universe. Uh, who's Chicago? That's yeah. the universe. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. Sorry. Uh, but the Alan, his character, the the character Alan, he's experiencing basically the same thing, but just at a different event from the one where she is like the guest of honor. Hmm. Um, this show also stars Greta Lee. Who, if you don't know, uh, we just talked about her or talked about a show last week, Chance, which I think so Chance good. is fan freaking tastic. Uh, she's in Chance. She's the assistant to to House. Like, oh nice, she is really good. Um, she's also a new girl for yeah. a couple episodes as Kai. But uh, so it's first the first season of Russian Doll already. It's already received a handful of primetime Emmy nominations. And it's already been renewed for a second season. I would not be shocked if this was one or more of our what we've been watching this week. Yeah. Next week. No, I'm it's I'm intrigued by very, that. Very, very cool. By that description. Yeah. For sure. I did not get a chance to watch that yet. But, uh, right on Netflix. Check it out. Fantastic. Nice. I want to tell you about Amy Poehler's, uh, one of her most recent projects she's involved in, uh, 2020 to present. Duncanville is an American adult animated sitcom created by Amy Poehler, Mike Scully, and Julie Scully. Mike Scully was an executive producer and showrunner of The Sim- of the Simpsons from 1997 to 2001. Julie Scully, who, of course, is his wife, uh, was a writer on The Simpsons. Um, so I feel like that's... I mean, I really like this show, and I, now, like now that I know that, I can totally. I mean, get yeah. that. If you're a connection. part of The Simpsons, you're basically TV royal royalty. Yeah, yeah. So, and I can see that in Duncanville. Yeah, a little influence. Um, it premiered on Fox on February 16th, 2020. In April of 2020, Fox renewed the series for a second season that is scheduled to premiere on May 23rd, 2021. So that is coming up real soon if you've already seen the first season and you're looking forward to the next um in april 2021 ahead of the second season yeah that's this month uh ahead of the second season premiere the series has already been renewed for a third season nice um i really like this show uh this is a description i found and i thought it was poorly worded but um I'm just going to read it. Duncanville centers on the life of Duncan Harris, an average 15-year-old boy who is always one step away from making a bad decision. Along with Duncan lives his mom, a parking uh, parking enforcement officer who dreams of being a detective someday and always has to watch Duncan. His dad, who tries to be a better father figure to Duncan than his father was to him. His sister, Kimberly, who is a normal teenager going through normal teen phases... Yeah, it's a terrible sentence. And other uh, and his other adopted sister Jing, who is a intelligent five year old, 
uh, who is always giving Duncan advice, and he also has a crush named Mia. Um, I believe Amy Poehler voices the mother mm-hmm. and Duncan, the main character. Right. So she's she's absolutely the main character, but uh, like you said, also the main character's yeah. mom, um, which is fun. And I've and it's not like. I don't know. I mean, you've seen plenty of shows where a voice actor is doing more than one character. Like she changes it up. They're yeah, different no. Voices. She does it. She, she's very good. Very good at it. And I'm gonna go ahead and peg this as like the you know since Bob's Burgers became so big, there's been other shows who have tried to like do the same thing. This feels the closest to Bob's Burgers than uh, say The Great North or. Um, I don't know. There's some other Netflix animated shows as well, but um, it's it's very close, and I really like it. It maybe some of the jokes are a tiny bit more mature, um, but for the most part, it's very f- family friendly and um, honestly very funny. Very funny s- jokes throughout the whole thing. I I've really enjoyed m- what I've seen so far, and I'm almost done with the first season. I think it's time to wrap up Amy Poehler. A few random facts about her in fact one and a half random right. facts uh big fan of bone thugs and harmony <laughs> and i gotta say amy me too i also too. am a fan of bone thugs and harmony uh good choice uh imdb the trivia and facts section for amy polar uh says that she w- returned to work two months after giving birth to her son able in order to resume presenting saturday night live in 1975 guess what that's impossible because able was born in 2010 and amy was four in 1975 so imdb i don't know what you're talking about uh, i do i do want to i do want to make a note here uh just in case uh, anybody goes to look it says she was promoted to the first feature player to full cast member on saturday night live 1975 in the middle of her first year on the show mm-hmm. 2001 to 2002 so i'm assuming they IMDb? say i'm assuming i'm assuming they're saying 1975 i think that's the first year it aired so they're saying saturday night saturday night live 1975 because it says it in that right. one as what well, Israel and then clarifies. Funny. What you Let's said see wasn't what funny. Makes it into Let's the final on. cut. Yes. <laughs> no. I mean, you can definitely cut me out of it and just sound like an idiot. <laughs> no, you wouldn't sound like an idiot. You'd you, sound like, like a silent nothing. appreciator of my comedy. <laughs> I thought Israel's joke was funny. What Israel said was go... funny. What Thomas said was correct. Thomas, you're getting edited out. Facts. We're playing. We're playing the state's media facts tonight. Get in the way of we funny. Are the news? <laughs> I will say when facts get in the way of funny, funny wins every time. Every I will time. Also say that SNL did in fact first start in 1975, and Thomas is almost <laughs> assuredly. <laughs> All right. All right. I like that you checked that though. <laughs> like, I did. You were like, I need to you just, I need something to drop him. on him. <laughs> no, it made sense, and so I was curious. I honestly, if you had asked me. Uh, was SNL in the 60s, I would have guessed yes. Yeah. Guess what? We've wrapped up with our person of the week, and you're thinking, oh, is it time for what we've been watching this week? No, it's not. We've got another segment, a new segment, a hopefully recurring segment, 
And that's our question of the week. Which was also on our quick, first quick, episode quick ever. Question of the quick, week. Quick, question of the week. Well, yeah, we've done it before. It's but not the first time. We actually got a fan of the show. We yes. did. And I feel like. Who asked questions? I feel like of all the TV boys, Thomas has most staunchly requested a question. Thomas, yes, he has. What's our question? And who is it from? Hello, Henriquez on Instagram asks. What is the most tragic TV death you have ever seen? Um, so, I don't know. Does, any, to, does I, anybody have any immediate answers that I, come to mind? Because I have I'm some immediate comments. I, so uh, that's what I have too. Yeah. Is okay. an immediate comment coming so fresh off of the uh, the Jeffrey Dean Morgan episode? I know that I have uh, I have Glenn fresh on the mind. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily tragic. I've been kind of toiling internally with I mean, this. It's tragic. As it, is, it is tragic. I'm not saying it's not tragic that he died, but I think the reason it sticks out to me is how gruesome it is. I think it was handled poorly. So yeah. my immediate comment is you're asking me for a spoiler. Yeah. And it's not just a death in the show. If it's the most tragic death, if it's the most anything blank, that means the show means something to me, and I don't want to spoil it for you. But what I do want to do more than anything else is answer our fans' question. All right, Israel, what was your most tragic TV death? So I've got a spoiler warning for you. In fact, uh, what do we want? What, I feel like we got to keep this relatively short. It's yeah. hard to know this side of editing. I want to say skip, Two. skip. Five minutes, okay. and hopefully will be less than that. But yeah. like, I just don't want you. Well, Spoil first, say the show. Spoiler that... warning for Battlestar Galactica. Okay. I think I think quite possibly the most tragic death I've seen in television is Felix Gaeta of Battlestar Galactica, and it's really the story of the character that makes it so tragic to me. Is that this is this is a good person. Yeah. This is a person I could identify with, but this is a person who died being considered a bad person. This is a person who died having said to someone who could sympathize that he accepts his defeat, but he hopes that someday everyone will understand who he was. And it's tragic because I don't think they will. I don't think they will. It's tragic because this is a good man who repeatedly put his trust and faith and hope in people and had it repeatedly broken and taken advantage of. He put his trust in all the wrong people and not for the wrong reasons, for reasons that meant something to him, but he was just repeatedly so unfortunate, ultimately mutilated ultimately disfigured before like he lost everything time and again even when he was accepted back into the fold of the characters they still never treated him the same because although he was working for them as an undercover agent for the bad guys they never like accepted him again ever I also think it's important to note that there's a very important part of his story that if you watch Battlestar Galactica, there's a companion miniseries that are just like three-minute episodes online. You're definitely going to want to watch those because it has some important moments for Gaeta. He, he, he was in love. 
He was in love with a person on his ship. Of course he wanted to protect these people. Of course he wanted the best for humanity. Human the, the premise to Battlestar Galactica is humanity's almost over and we're trying to save it. And Felix believes there's a way to save it and he puts his trust on the wrong people and he ultimately is executed for having trusted the wrong people and it's 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 deeply sad to me it's deeply sad to me he he has phantom pain for his missing limb throughout the rest of his life after he loses the limb and it's amplified when he makes bad decisions and in the last moment of his life, he says, it doesn't hurt anymore. It doesn't hurt anymore. And then he's executed because it was all over. He, well, he didn't have to lie anymore. He didn't have to trust the wrong people anymore. And I wanted, I wanted redemption for Felix. I related with Felix. I wanted him to have a, a way back into the fold. And they gave him that. But then showed realistically how people in the situation couldn't accept that. I think it's, I think tragedy, tragedy can be beautiful. And I think Felix, Felix Gaeta's arc is, uh, very tragic, but I also think it's beautiful. And Felix Gaeta is the most tragic death I've seen on television. Good answer. Good answer. That's a really long answer, and uh, whatever comes out of either of our mouths wow. next is uh, going to pale in comparison. <clears throat> Johnny, oh, you're just assuming for me. Yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, if you if you top that, I I will literally go outside and clap in the no, street. I mean, go ahead and ask me, Jonathan. Yeah. What is the most tragic death you have seen on television? So, um. It was a tough decision, but it really came down to, and this is a spoiler alert for The Sopranos. No! If you haven't seen The Sopranos... I was veto if anyone... Sorry, dude. If you haven't seen The Sopranos, stop watching or stop listening. I'm going out there. Um, yeah. All right, Thomas. Get out of here. Thank you. Because um, you're right. Because for me... It is Chrissy getting killed by our main character of The Sopranos. Um, that was like one moment in TV watching history for me where I just like I, I felt something deep down and I like I tensed up. And like when that was happening, I, I literally was saying out loud, no, yeah, no. No, yep. if this scene is going to stop, he's going to come to his senses. They're going to be okay. They're going to hug it out. Um, I think it's, uh, I mean, yes, it is surprising. And I know you said that wasn't, you were trying to take that out of your decision. Right. And like, well, and I didn't, until I took out shocking for me personally, this yeah. was going to be it. Yeah. No. Chrissy and I like, I was a hundred percent expecting yeah. this to be your answer. And just to say, Hey, me too. Here's like my second. Right. Um, but like, I, it was, um, it's, it's so upsetting. Um, they're, they're family members. You, there's so much history you see beforehand. They love each other. Chrissy looks up to him like a dad. Um, there's can I can I say I love that you said you said no. You were saying no out loud because I've I've 
tried to get a lot a lot of people to watch this show and this scene I stood I was watching of course sitting down I stood up out of my seat and yelled no yeah and I've literally never done that at television before ever that's an absurd thing to do to a tv screen and i stood up and shouted no and i was heartbroken no yeah that's that's exactly like i mean i i just like progressively i was watching it on my laptop and just got progressively closer and closer yeah and closer and i was like no this this isn't going to happen. Like no, this can't, can't be how this show goes. It can't, it can't be. Um, yeah, but I, I don't want to go any farther than that. I know anybody who's listening to this either doesn't care about the Sopranos or has seen this yeah. and feels and probably you know, the and you exactly, know exactly what we mean. Exactly. I, the cause, same way. Cause I believe I had a very familiar text from our, our producer James and from you, Johnny, when I had said, when you get to the scene that makes you yell, no, like, let me know so we can talk about it. Yeah. No, and you, you both, said that to me before like, I knew what it. does that even mean? Yeah. And then you saw the episode and you knew immediately, yeah. both of you knew immediately what I meant. There's plenty because of it, gut wrenching, shocking oh, scenes in that show. This is but, a show where the Wikipedia page for every episode has a died in yeah, section. But, but this is will shake you, you will to know. your core. It will it will like it, it it profoundly impacted me emotionally for like multiple days and to this point in time where I can say this, that yeah. like it shook me. And like I I, I, I love that series. And like, I, it's not like, I think it's unfair or I like, I'm like, I'm mad at the showrunners for doing that. I just think that's, uh, it's storytelling at its absolute most like at its peak, at its peak, it's, it's reaching through any, any filter between you and the story. It's, it's like, you are there. You feel like, you know, Chrissy. You feel you, like you, you could talk it. to him. You feel it. Yeah. The emotions, the, the coldness, the the difficulty of breathing, yeah. the 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 nature surrounding the situation. Like I I can't I to this day, whenever I see Michael Imperioli in anything, even if I'm just rewatching The Office and he's yeah. giving Dwight his black belt and it's super funny and fun, I I'm I won't say bogged down because I'm grateful for it, but. I have this weight of that scene. Yeah. To the, like, it's, it's wild. I'm really glad you picked it. It's I'm television really at its it. finest. Yeah. Can't, can't, uh, yeah. Go watch the Sopranos. <laughs> I, absolutely. I think so. I think maybe we'll bring Thomas back in for yeah, his. Because Thomas, Thomas hasn't left got the there room. yet. So don't, hey, don't you, t- don't you spoil this for Thomas. Don't tell Thomas well, what we said. I'll, I'll go get him. Okay, go get Thomas. <laughs> Thomas, I'm dying to know. What is your most tragic TV death? So, I realize this is a little hot off the press. Yeah. Uh, but immediately comes to mind uh, Glenn from The Walking Dead. Whew. No, dude, I totally get that. The most, gruesome one. Well, and, and not just gruesome. So, here's the reasoning. Um, I don't have nearly the the monologue or even the time... <laughs> Uh, to expend expounding on this like Israel did. But that being said, Glenn was a like a, a consummate peacemaker. 
that's his character in that show for seven, six seasons and an episode was literally a peacemaker exclusively. Um, I mean, I guess I can't say exclusively cause there were times that like he was called to fight and he had to, but strictly so he could keep the people he cared about alive. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, if there was ever, if there was ever a, like, uh, a, um, uh, what's the term you use for a country that like an isolationist, if there was ever such a thing as an isolationist in, um, the walking dead. Glenn was probably that where like he would interact with people, but he would never intentionally go out of his way to be violent or to try and like do something underhanded to anybody. Yeah. And then come to find out like it turns around. uh, He gets his head smashed in for, I mean, a solid minute like on screen. Yeah. And like, uh, for me, if like, I'll never watch that scene again. Like it just, it, it, it literally made me upset to my stomach. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's sickening. It's sickening. And I felt like it went on for way too long and it, it like profoundly upset me and I'm never going to watch that scene again. And like, I said that I wouldn't, I told you guys this, you guys this before, but like I said that I wouldn't. And then I did for the JDM episode just because I needed it to be fresh for I me. mean, maybe that's something to say for the power of television and what they did, but like... Well, it's definitely part of the reason why I think he is called the greatest... Uh, JDM playing Negan is considered the greatest TV villain of all time. Yeah. I don't know if there's like an actual like ri- like award for that, but like there are several like well-known critics that say that that is the greatest... Uh, he portrays the greatest um, antagonist in TV history, but... Like that being said, uh, part of it is gruesome, but I think that the tragic portion of it is um, no, it's profoundly tragic. Is that he even with his he, last words? Yeah, like all he he said, he says while he's basically partially brain dead, Maggie, I will find you, and like to the woman he's in love with and she's pregnant she's with pregnant his child, with child yeah. and his like his head is halfway caved in and he's like obviously not all the way there yeah and he's saying this to her so rough like it's it's and people are just like screaming and crying around him and like in shock and it's yeah yeah and it keeps going like a good 30 to 45 seconds after that of him being beat to death so like it's extremely violent, extremely gory, but that's not it's extremely tragic because his entire arc over 6 seasons was trying to get people to live in coexistence with each other regardless of their beliefs. Yeah. And that's that they they continue that you kind of have to have that dichotomy in a zombie movie because it's the end of the world but like they continue that later on but it is ultimately his legacy moving forward they talk about glenn and they talk about the like carl one of the children but like the fact that his in almost his entire purpose on screen was to try and be a peacemaker and then to be killed in that way um was extremely tragic well thank you hello henriquez for sending in your question. We had a lot of fun answering it. Um, if you want to answer it yourself, tell I, w- I want to know um, what you think the most tragic TV death uh, is for yeah. you personally. I Absolutely. mean, and, um, you can, and you can let us know the same way. Hello, Henriquez did, which is of course on Instagram 
at the TV's boy, the TV boys pod. Yeah. The TV boys pod or Twitter. Also on Twitter at just the TV boys. Uh, you will recognize our images as far as, you know, if you've seen the show logo, you're going to see us in there. For sure. We'd love to hear uh, what you think um, or what your most tragic TV death was. We all watch a lot of different stuff, so I'm sure there's a lot of different answers out there. Well, I, I'm, I'm really glad we got this question this week that does... Having answered it, bring us to our final segment, which is going to be a quick one. A quick one, promised by all, I do believe. And that is, of course, what have we been watching this week? That's the last thing we do here on the TV, boys. Uh, Anybody got any questions for me? What have you been watching, Israel? Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) What I've been watching this week, honestly, it's really been sort of keeping up with shows that are ongoing specifically and importantly for all mankind nice. for all mankind is fantastic. It's on off. It's on Apple plus season two just finished. So if you're interested in binging the whole show, now's the time. If you already saw season one and you are waiting to binge season two, now's the time it's all out. Let's go. It's fan freaking tastic. Thomas, what have you been watching this week? It's 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 going to be just a reiteration of something that has already been what I've been watching this week. Um, the Unicorn. I watched Heck a yeah, dude. few episodes of it. I'm not f- all the way caught up yet. Um, I think season two is, is out. I think I'm working through the beginning of season two. But, uh, but anyway, um, Quanaton. Yes. What have you been watching? So glad you asked. I'll try to make it as short as possibly possible. Uh, I've been watching Pushing Daisies. Ooh. Um, oh my gosh! Yes, <clears throat> which I've talked to Israel Israel uh, a lot about this week. <laughs> it's such a good show. Uh, it's such a great show. Um, it's about a man who, if he touches something that's dead, it will come alive, and if it is alive for over one minute, something else will die. Uh, so he makes a living by touching dead people who were murdered, asking them who killed them, and then touching them again, and they go back to dead. Um, he does, within the first episode, though, bring his uh, childhood sweetheart back to life after she was murdered, and she, he does not make her dead again. And somebody else dies, and now she's like... Uh, basically come back from the dead. Uh, the main character owns a pie shop. Um, the whole thing. I'm sorry. What, what did you want to say? something? No, I would just argue that he makes supplemental income by solving these murders, Yeah, but he makes his living from running the pie shop. Yeah. He's a pie he maker. Will, like, touch flowers. Or I'm sorry, touch dead rotten fruit to make it like completely alive and yeah. completely ripe, juicy, perfect fruit. And then flowers die as the exchange as he makes pies. And everyone's just like, why are these pies so freaking good? And it's because like 
he magically made the fruit at its peak of yeah. life. I just want to say, like, this is uh, such a wacky show. I I'm really like watching it again. I'm still I'm 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 surprised that it was ever greenlit. It sounds like such a weird idea on paper. Um, the cast is great, um, but I just want to say, like, it the whole thing is shot and filmed almost like a Tim Burton. Like the whole show feels like it's in an alternate reality. Like the sets are elaborate, like overly elaborate. There's a lot of fields of like golden flowers that people walk through. Like that's just like the, the, it all seems to take place in like a separate reality, but I think it all, it works so well. And the show does have a narrator. Um, Jim Dale narrates the show. Um, and for anybody who loves audiobooks, you might know his name. He uh, reads the audiobook of all the Harry Potters. Um, so I always loved his narration, and he has just like a very thick, deep British accent. So I think that's probably one extra layer why I like the show so much is it just like childhood memories, basically, of like falling asleep listening to harry potter and like that voice is in this show too but um the cast is great it's so 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 unique um and i watched it on hbo max if you haven't seen it i would say i would i would highly recommend um giving it a try it's probably not everybody's cup of tea but it is um just extremely unique i think this has been great i think that we've talked a lot about some great stuff amy poehler's been in a lot of great tragic television deaths i'm so glad we got a question to answer for you the fans uh some great shows that we've been watching this week it's almost as if everything about this episode has been great yeah and it's almost <laughs> it's like, like we love tv weird, we yeah, love watching the line. tv <laughs> television is great and yeah. what's happening it's so good um Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. If you could do us a big favor, that would be leave us a review on iTunes. Like one sentence. I'll 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 write it for you. This show is good. I enjoyed it. Just type that in and submit. You're good to go. You're yeah. good. Thank you so much. Also, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us at the TV Boys on Twitter. You can reach out to us at the TV Boys Pod on instagram uh what might one reach out to us and say thomas uh if you have a question similar to that that was asked by hello henriquez this week uh we will answer it live on air uh well we uh, just did yeah there's a certain number of parameters regarding profanities and uh, other things that we will not answer uh so far so good right so far so far so good so good uh keep your uh Keep your your Sunday's best on and then ask us that question and we will answer it. There you go. Wonderful. Well, I I think that wraps things up for this week. So I do want to just sign off one last time, say who we are. I have been Izzy. Who else we got here? I have been Thomas. And I'm Izzy. I love to hear it. Go Kiss ahead. me on the cheek. Okay. Go ahead and watch another episode, and we will talk to you next week. Sorry. (laughs) See you. I didn't mean to snore there. (laughs) That was only only like five hours long. It's fine.